Blog Talk Radio. Good afternoon. My name is Jeanette Abney, and I want to thank you for joining me here for another episode here at Precious Predicaments Blog Talk Radio. I'm also trying to do a Facebook Live at the same time, but because I noticed when I did to my Facebook, it kind of had me as if I was kind of sideways, upside down. So me and these computers, we don't get along very well. But I'm working on that as I'm working from home today. So I first want to thank my Heavenly Father for blessing me this morning. I also want to thank you, royal listeners, for joining me as I provide this information to you individuals because a lot of times we start talking about things, many individuals kind of either they want to share, they don't want to share, they don't know what to say, but I want to say I thank you, I thank you, I thank you because I appreciate the feedback and the information that I have been receiving as it relates to the information that's been shared on the show. So with Without further ado, I want to get on with the show. I'm trying to put this on my precious predicaments all at the same time because, um, like I said, when it comes to being with computers, I'm kind of computer challenge, but I'm doing my best. I'm kind of stuck right here. So today's topic has to do with who can we trust? Because with all that is going on, we are trusting individuals. People are being abused. Individuals are being used as scapegoats. You know, the respect is gone. We got so much going on in our world today, and I want you to have a platform where you can share this information. So let me log on my first caller. Good afternoon. This is Jeanette. Welcome to Purchase Figuments. Well, Talk Radio, number NNF52. How are you doing? Hi, Jeanette. Linda. I'm just listening today. Okay, Linda, you know I called you the other day and you didn't call me back. But we'll talk after the end. I am. All right, let me I'll go to the other caller. Good afternoon. This is Jeanette Abney. Welcome to Person's Predicament. How are you doing? Number ended in zero five. Hi, I'm doing fine. Um calling in to listen as well. I'm gonna need you guys to help me talk because you know I haven't been able to talk since April. So I'm doing my best. My daughter keeps telling me to stop straining my voice, and if I stop straining and trying to talk loud, then maybe I'm going to be forced all the time. But today's topic is one of those topics which is entitled, Who Can We Trust? You know, just the other day I was watching the rallies. Um, you know, we're still trying to, you know, looking at the protests. We're depending on the media to provide us accurate information, our parents to provide us information, information in the workforce, but there's so much going on in America. Even as I was putting this show together, I was looking at something and I came across a question, and the question was, is America descending into a failed state or nation? And that's interesting because when it gets to the point to where we're not able to trust, is that a part of failure? Is it a part of growth? You know, then I was looking at something and they were talking about the uninformed, the unwilling to learn, and the uneducated. Is it easy to manipulate individuals in those categories to get them to believe what you have to say? My mother used to tell me either you convince them or you confuse them. And that's a whole, there's a whole lot of lot. Now, all of that going on, I'm show to address the questions that many individuals have been struggling with as it relates to trust, abuse, leadership, and the information we've been receiving regarding the COVID-19. Caller that's on the line, ended in 05, we've been hearing so much about it's a hoax, don't believe it, but yet we're watching people die. We're looking at the fact that individuals have compromised immune systems such as myself. Where are you with all of that? Who who to trust and who not to trust? Well, I'm trusting myself because I sh- I'm sure that I was stricken with the coronavirus, although at that time my doctor did let me know there were a lot of false uh, negatives. And so Ooh. I'm convinced because I had all the symptoms. But my position is that I'm trusting myself. I'm staying in. I'm wearing my mask. I'm not having visitors. 
I'm just taking care of myself because I don't trust. And in terms of trusting also, I, when you started talking about that, it made me think about the school board member in Baton Rouge who was shopping at a time they're discussing to, a name change for one of the high schools from Robert E. Lee. That mm-hmm. woman has apologized. But I feel like, to me, trust is knowing, having the good sense to know who I can trust, but I feel like we have to kind of understand that people are who they are. When they make a, a horrible mistake like that, where they're just being totally racist, then I feel like they show who they are. When they come back and apologize later, it, it means nothing to me. So I think that trust also has to deal with the fact that people are who they present themselves to be. Mm-hmm. We can't keep forgiving and disregarding. Correct. You know, that's interesting you said that because when I get off this phone, I have to make a phone call because I had a situation where I was working with someone and they made a phone call and somebody made some real bad accusations against me, and the things that they said was horrible. And it was funny because the person that told this person this stuff trained me. I'm listed in the organization, and I said, do you treat all your students like this? Do you? I mean, the things this man said about me was horrible. But then it, it was like, he wrote me an email, well, I want to apologize to you, and I owe you a part. No, you owe me a lot more than apology. You may have put my life in danger. But it's all good. Right. The thing is, when we start talking about trust, we're going to be talking about how do we develop trust, how do we maintain trust, because a lot of times that is complicated. And I'm like you, caller. I'm like... I'm not running in and out of these offices anymore. I'm sitting at home in my computer room. When clients call me and they want to be seen, I'm like, you know what? I'm not putting myself in that situation. Hi, Gary. I see you on Facebook. You'll never call me to come on the show. So when we start talking about this regards to racism, police brutality, poor leadership, racial inequality, unemployment, housing, education, drug and alcohol use, even relational issues, Trust is always in the forefront of it. I was watching BSN yes. um, today, and I was watching how they were doing the White House um, brief um, conference. They had a beautiful old lady on there. I mean, she was so beautiful. Her eyelashes didn't match, but she was still beautiful. I said, you know what, that's another distraction. So people can start looking at her and not paying attention to what's coming from the White House. I said, you know, people use a lot of tactics when they're trying to get their agenda across. And I remember my mother also told me, a person that you can trust is a person that has nothing to gain and nothing to lose. Because they have no reason to lie to Uh you. And I found that statement to be very powerful. Linda, what do you think about that? How do you determine who you can trust and who you can't trust? And what, what is your take on this show? (laughs) Um, I think two things one is what I was role modeled to trust and not to trust what my parents and grandparents what my family taught me who I can and cannot trust and also that that that, um, personal vibe you get when you speak to someone is paying attention to your gut and your intuition to see Mm -hmm. if this person is offering help to get a gain or is offering help because they're very sincere. So I just really follow my intuition and my gut. And you know what? And this is the thing. Sometimes we got to not be afraid to ask some of the tough questions, especially when we're talking about a relationship. Sometimes in a relationship, we dance around things. We don't want to hurt a person's feelings. And in some cases, we don't want to know. But we have to do away with all of that because we have to learn how and when. I was just in Compton over the weekend, and I kept hearing something. And, a, a, and my daughter probably going to be mad at me. But another dog wound up on her porch. And I heard the dog in the front yard barking at another dog. And I'm like, where are these animals coming from? So when I looked out the window and I saw the dog, I went and woke my daughter up, and I told her, 
And the dog looked like she had just had, pup, um, um, just had puppies. She was hungry. She was thirsty. And she was dragging her body. And I told my daughter, I said, that dog can walk. I just saw that dog barking at another dog, and I know it can walk. But the dog was trying to let my daughter, trying to figure out, can I trust you? And you can trust me. So I had my daughter go buy the dog some food. She fed the dog. And do you know that dog is probably still in her front yard? Because that dog would not leave. <laughs> Calling my granddaughter like, did you guys do a drive-by and drop that other dog off? Because I swear it looked like the other dog that my daughter had just gave away. But it was, it was interesting because even animals have this instinct of who we can trust and who we should not trust. Any comments, caller? We're born with trust. And if you watch little kids, you see that mm-hmm. they're so trusting. And things happen in life that cause them to be suspicious of certain things. I think that as we get older in life, too, we, do establish, we are able to establish trust in new situations. And it isn't until somebody does something that makes us suspicious that we start to, you know, whether we should trust that person or not. So I think, like the caller said, we have to depend on our own intuition and our own instinct to guide us when it comes to trusting people and stop giving the benefit of the doubt when the evidence is right in your face that you can't trust that person. Correct, correct. You know, because it seems like a lot of times we want to trust them. We want to believe that people have our best intentions. And sometimes the sad part is even when it's right in our face, we ignore it. And it kind of makes you wonder, why are you ignoring it? Because I know that Mm -hmm. a lot of times one fact is another person's perception. I get that. And I understand that Mm -hmm. a lot of times things have happened to individuals, and we can't say all. Just because someone did something to you in the past, it doesn't mean you have to hold on to that pain and automatically think the next person is going to do it. Because you can miss out on your blessing, or you can miss your Boaz, or your next wife, or anybody else, by, for that matter, by, if you start thinking that all people are out to get you. So you don't want to have a sense of paranoia, but you do want to make sure you have a sense of balance. Now, I'm going to go off of Facebook Live because my voice is giving out, and i got some information I need to look for. So if you're on Facebook, if you want to hear the show, you can click on the link at any time to hear this show or this episode and any other episodes. And if you want to call in, give me a call, 516-387-1914, and share this information with some of your friends. Because a lot of times there's a lot of things we're talking about that individuals do come to people for therapy because they're talking about either I have abandonment issues, I'm depressed, I have anxieties. And a lot of this stuff is stemming from a lot of different things that we talk about on the show. So, I want on Facebook. Thank you. Okay. Now, when we talk about who can we trust, it was interesting because I was finding a lot of information as I was putting this show together in regards to trust and how trust is developed and how trust comes about. Now, caller ending in 05, with the work, your teacher, all of this stuff, how do you get kids to trust you? How do you how do you start that? Because sometimes, like you say, kids start off trusting, but now we're seeing now that sometimes kids are doubting what even adults are saying. Mm-hmm. It, it, it starts with your actions and your words. They have to be in sync. I think mm-hmm. one of the major problems in education is that we have people who will talk the good talk, and have students trust them, but then their actions show them something different. So I think Mm -hmm. that the major components are, you know, having those things in sync, but also being genuine. You 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 know, not having a facade that you're a nice, kind, generous person when you're actually not, because kids can pick Mm -hmm. up on that very easily. And so Mm -hmm. I think that what we have to do is realize that, and, and especially in education, kids have been through so much sometimes, that they're looking, they're just, they're just longing to have someone they can trust. You have to meet them where they are in terms of their needs and be genuine. As long as you're genuine, they can sense that, and then your actions and your words have to be consistent. Wow, I like that. You know what? That's powerful. Your actions and your words. 
you know, even, you know, Carla, because you've been knowing me for a while, and I tell mm-hmm. people my therapy style is different when I say that. People don't believe me. And even mm-hmm. when individuals are coming to me and people first tell you what they think you want to hear, they tell you what's going to make them look and sound good, then they tell you the truth. Because a lot of times people don't like telling the truth because they don't want to be judged. They don't know how people mm-hmm. are going to react and respond. So they find it quite difficult. So what they'll do is they'll create this facade and this story. And a lot of times you don't know if people are being sincere. You know, we have individuals right now that are unemployed. We have individuals right now that are dealing with a lot of health-related issues. Like you said, you went to the doctor and you believe you may have been exposed to the coronavirus. And sometimes individuals are not even being honest about that. I stayed up Saturday waiting to hear the, um, because I wanted to hear what the president had to say during his rally. And it was so crazy because when he said about testing, what he said, and that we need to stop testing as much, I'm like, well, how the hell are we supposed to know if we got it or not if people are not taking the test? But then I remember going to Kaiser to get my blood pressure checked, and the woman just asked me a bunch of questions, took my temperature and said, you have fever. I said, no, I don't. She said, yes, you do. I said, no, I don't. <laughs> and then when she turned to me again, I didn't have a fever. She had to throw that little device in the trash can. <laughs> because I didn't trust and believe what she said. Because I knew right. I wasn't running a fever. <laughs> so uh-huh. when we talk about these things and talk about why would people lie, I'm going to just ask the question, why do you think they would lie to us about COVID-19? What would be the purpose to lie? Because they don't want to panic. We would have a panic. I think that if they actually told us everything we actually need to know regarding this virus, that we'd have total panic. Now, I've heard things, you know, little things that were giving out little tiny bits. For example, like I said, I think I've had it. I'm, I'm I'm positive I've had it, even though the test didn't verify that. But an example is that I thought, okay, if I've had it, then I'm fine. You know, I don't have to worry so much. But then recently I've heard that, If you've had it, there's a possibility you can get it again, that that's not, you know, there's no positive answer about whether you can or cannot get it. And now they're seeming to lean towards that you can get it a second time. So that's the concern. The other is that learning that there are different amounts of time that the virus stays in the air. So even if you're distancing yourself and you have that, that social distancing going on with the six feet or whatever they're saying now, then... If I'm walking through an area where someone has been and they didn't have on a mask, then I'm walking through an area that's still contaminated with the virus. So I don't understand why they're not speaking more about that and just so, you know, more about the distancing instead of how long it actually lives in the air and what happens when you walk through uh, an area that's been contaminated with droplets. So I realize they cannot tell us in too much detail so much of what's going on, because we would panic. We would all be shut in our houses and and people with weapons, making sure nobody comes on the lawn and comes close enough to have droplets. It would get crazy. So I think you just have to use your own thinking power. Correct. And you know what? Right now it is still already crazy because I remember Mm -hmm. last March, not March of 2020, but March 2019, I remember I was in Vegas, I had to go to a training and I was so sick. I'd never been sick like that. I had chills, fevers. Only thing when it affected was my appetite. I was still able to eat. But I was really sick. And it was the same symptoms that they described in regards to the coronavirus. But I remember when I came back from Vegas, I went to Kaiser. They stuck that thing down my nose. That thing hurt so bad I almost kicked the woman when she put that thing down my nose because I wasn't expecting it. But the thing she said was I didn't have a flu. See, they were thinking of the flu because I've never had a flu shot. But I do believe that part of it is because they don't want people to panic. But people are panicking mm-hmm. anyway. And yet individuals are still dying because they don't believe it. And yet we're, right. we're hearing names. We're looking at – I was just, like I said, watching television. They were calling out the names of people that just died recently. And it's like, what the heck is it going to take? And sometimes – you can give people the facts, you can give them information, and they still won't believe you. And that is so frustrating. 
And I thought it was interesting this morning how to use a distraction by having an articulate, beautiful, intelligent woman sharing the information. And I'm like, people ain't paying that woman what she's really saying no attention because they're looking at other things. And it's sad because people will distract you that you won't even listen to the truth. Then they had, and I think I sent it, I don't know if I sent it to you or not, they had some guy go around and he was interviewing people. And the stuff that they were saying, they was even contradicting themselves. Because sometimes people don't even trust they self, but yet will trust what other people tell them. And I find that to be very, very bad. Now, you mentioned the press secretary, Kaylee McKinnon, mm-hmm. Nanny, or whatever her name is. Um, I have to give her credit for being stern, articulate. Yes. She, she's, on, she's on the ball. However, she is. She is. when you focus on, you know, and I think that when you focus on that, because that's what I'm focusing on now, because she lies just as much as our leader does. But when you focus on her, her the way she carries herself, you see that she's very deceptive. She does not answer the questions. She has loads and loads of information in front of her that she reads from to support whatever position she's taken. Mm-hmm. But if you, if you just keep in mind what she's defending, you see how crazy it is. She's defending that the president was joking when he said that they should slow down on the testing. There was mm-hmm. nothing in his demeanor to suggest it was a joke. We know, know I- when people are joking. There was absolutely mm-hmm. nothing in his demeanor. And it's not unlike him to do something like that. But she, who was opposed to him some years ago, considered him a racist and all these other things. She, who was opposed at that time in her pursuit of power and a position, is now supporting all this nonsense. He's pulled mm-hmm. out his, pardon the, the term, his trump card, because now he's brought on this woman who is not going to back down by any means, who's going to be able to right any wrong that he does because she is untrustworthy and she's deceptive and yet she's smart. That was my point. <laughs> and so when I saw the ancient of Hugh Dress, I said, that is cold. And, and you know what? And that's, and that's exactly what it looked like to me. And because I listened to bits and pieces of the valley because I was watching CNN, so they didn't do it from beginning to end, Because, but I did want to hear what he had to say, but she had to do damage control. And that's true. Mm-hmm. Can you trust what she's saying? No. You really no. can't. But, but that goes back to a statement I made earlier, too. When people show you who they are the first time, you know who they are. Whether mm-hmm. they apologize or do something different later, you, you need to you need to take that with a grain of salt. This woman years ago was opposed to Trump, considered him a racist, talked about him as being a racist and, and, and unfit and all of these other things, and now she's jumped on his bandwagon. So we need to trust what she was saying in the beginning because she showed us who she was in the beginning, and now she's after other things. And That's so you know, let them part when they should a person that has nothing to gain and nothing to lose. Now, see, I didn't know that much about her. I'd never seen her before that I could recall. <laughs> so when I looked at her, I'm like, hey, who is she? You know, I just remember the <laughs> other person that used to go on the air. Now, we know that trust should be easy, and we do it every day. We trust other drivers on the road. We trust certain things. We trust when we right. read and stuff. But it's getting to the point now to where we don't know who to trust, what to believe, what to, you know, I heard somebody say mask on or off. You know, it's so much information. But my thing is I would want to trust and believe that people should have my best interest if that's the job that they're doing because why would you have a job and tell these people? But the, but the thing is, though, i got to say, they have said people will die. They just didn't say who. They didn't say which, but they know that. And it's confusing mm-hmm. individuals because some people believe that they are infallible. Now, the thing right. is, when we relax in the truth, we feel, we feel that we are informed until a fact checker comes along who challenges some parts of the official version. Now, I used to hear people say lawyers were liars, and you know, and I understand that that's their job, and their job is basically to defend their clients. I, I I get it, I totally get it, but 
my thing is, when it comes to the point of where you selling your soul, or you just purposely deceiving people, I don't understand how people can live with that. Now, we know that even with politicians, many of them are not completely trustworthy, and I say many. And I do believe that people can change, but by that same token, I, I just don't, it, it, it absolutely don't, I don't get it. When we talk about preachers, teachers, many individuals have lost trust in individuals when we start talking about the educational system. But then we do have people and individuals that are still telling the truth. My thing is they shouldn't have to die for telling the truth. Any questions in regards to that? I know we just lost Linda, but any questions in regards to that? Okay. Now, when we start talking about the truth and we start talking about, well, how do we get to the truth? How do we base our truth? How do we, you know, who can we trust? Let's go into when we talk about um, racism, call it. A lot of individuals are still struggling with that. Do you know that some people still believe that racism don't exist? They yeah. think that people are making it up. They think yeah. that people are just trying to play the, the black card or the whatever card. I'm just like, how do you not know that it exists? And yet some individuals are seeing it in their own home. But they had to trust their parents. They believe their parents, and some individuals are struggling with that now because they found that their parents wasn't being honest with them about some things. Any comments in regards to that, even when we talk about racism? I think that in terms of racism and people who are saying that it doesn't exist or that they believe that it doesn't exist, they're in denial, and there's not very much you can do to help a person who's in denial. And I think it also has to do with the fact that People in power want to keep that power at any cost. And mm-hmm. so even, you know, the slightest change, the slightest change brings them cause to worry. And so if you're in a position where racism has benefited you, then you're in denial. You're not going to acknowledge that there needs to be any change because it's going to usurp your power. And mm. it just becomes a vicious cycle of uh, trying to keep control under any extreme trying to keep control, and it doesn't matter who else is involved or who you're hurting or who you could help. They're, they're just denying it because they don't want to lose any of their power or position. And, and it goes, I mean, it's throughout, throughout all professions, throughout life. That's just the way it is. They feel like if they let too many people in, then they're going to lose some power and, and some of their, the benefits that they are reaping. So wow. it's protection, protection. You know what? I like how you put that out there, and that's true. And a lot of it is fear. When we start talking mm-hmm. about that, and when you start, and people are now starting to see it differently because they're seeing that it's not, it, it's not balanced. It's unequal. I was talking to a friend of mine just yesterday, and I made a statement, and I said that because he was trying to tell me about myself, and then I said something about justice. And I was talking about justice is blind. He said, well, I'm going to tell the B-I-T-C-H. She going to look at me. She goes, I was like, oh, my God. You know? <laughs> now, 20-something years ago, that man would have nothing like that, would have never said came out of his mouth like that. But because he's so frustrated, because he feels that things are not fair or whatever the case may be, that's how we start responding. And a lot of times that is fear-based, and it's about power, mm-hmm. and you're absolutely right, and, and it's, but it's just so sad. Now, I'm looking at something, and it talks about what is the true meaning of trust? Trust is defined as to have confidence, faith, or hope in someone or something. An example of trust is believing that the sun will rise in the morning, but then again, what is it else? Now, when we start talking about trust, what is trust and how does it work? What is a trust and how it works? A trust is created when a person gives property to another. Trustee holds the benefit of the third person, the beneficiary. Now, when we start to talk about created, and we can go back into politics, we can go back into parenting, we can base it on relationships, meaning it is created, meaning 
I am going to tell you something, and my actions should line up and be conducive of what I'm telling you so that you can believe me. Because when the two don't match, then it becomes a problem. Meaning, how can I tell you I love you, but then act like I hate you? How can I tell you I love you, but then I don't respect you? You know, and it goes back to what you were saying, too. A lot of times with trust, it's our own personal gain. What am I gaining from this relationship? What am I gaining from this job? Am I going to lie to the individuals? I've been watching this show. I've been Netflix binging. And I think it's called Black Lightning. I think that's the name of it. It's on Netflix now. My daughter was telling me it was on a CW. And I was looking at so much deceit, betrayal, mistrust, abuse of power. And I'm like, we even see it so much even in movies and television shows. So my question to you is, do you think that it's just normal now? What is your take on that based on what we see? Because we see it all the time. Oh, don't worry about it. Oh, this is what they do. Oh, this is what politicians do. Oh, this is what our government is supposed to do. Oh, this is, is it, are we just supposed to go along with the status quo? I think it's like, it's more like you have to have a strong foundation. If you have a strong foundation, family structure, or, or someone who's there mentoring you, that you know how to separate right from wrong. You know how to mm-hmm. determine what you're saying, whether it's propaganda or not. And so I think that it's entertaining, and I think that most people see it as entertainment. They know what's right and wrong. It's just if they're saying that or feeling like they're doing it because that's what everybody else is doing, that's, that's a weak mind. That's not a person who's being genuine because I think that we do know right from wrong, and we do know that our actions get consequences for us. And with that in mind, I'll just say that we see lots of things on television that are, you know, that are just overloading the circuit and making us think that, gosh, I didn't know that was going on and this is common now. And like you said, is this the new normal? I don't think that impairs our ability to reason what's right and wrong, what we should and should not do. I I really don't. That's my personal take on it. Oh, you know what? I remember the name of the show. It was called Black Like Me. That's what I was watching. And I was watching like 13 episodes in, in a day. So that shows you how long I was sitting in front of the television. And when I was watching it, a lot of the things that was going on on the show had to do with a lot of things that's going on in today. With today in, mm-hmm. our, in our society, in our churches, in our policing, in our government, it was so real. To, I was like, and I was asking my daughter, um, where do you get all this information from? And my dad was like, well, Mom, this show was about a year old. But this stuff is happening right now. So, so it brings in that age-old question. Mm-hmm. Excuse me. It brings so in that age-old question. Is, yeah, that is that, true. Is it that is art imitating life or is life imitating art? We don't know. That's, That's an age-old question. Don't. But I, I still think that we we have the ability to separate the reality. And oh, right. It, it, it just gives insight. I watch the ID channel. It gives me insight to what's going on in the world, the things that can happen, which only mm-hmm. reinforces my, my concept of right and wrong. So mm-hmm. there may be some benefit to it for some of us, but I don't think that I, – I, I would think that people are not looking at that and thinking, okay, I can be this crazy racist because there are crazy racists in the world that I'm seeing on television – I think that it's it's deeper than that in the sense that it's it's just who they are or who Correct. they choose to be. That it's not Correct. really being impacted by external things. And that's you you brought up a good point. Who you are and who you choose to be. Because if you don't like who you are, you can't work towards changing who you can become. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm looking at some information and it talks about the importance of being trustworthy. Because trustworthiness on both parts at one point as well is we have to determine if a person is trustworthy. Because I heard you indicate or I heard it be said, you know, I'm sorry, I apologize, or a person could be on one side of the fence and then turn to another side of the fence. Because we got that going on too now in our politics with this guy that's coming out with the book and he's saying, you know, this is what happened. Mm -hmm. They want to know, well, why didn't you say something when you had a chance? 
You know, because if you would have said something there, maybe things would be a lot different. When we start talking they about tonight, you don't think so? I, I honestly don't think that things would have been any different. I am so happy. I'm not I'm not pleased with him, but I am so happy that he waited until this time for this information to come out because I don't I feel like no matter what they threw in the mix at the time of this inquiry and this impeachment, no matter what they threw in there, it was already going to be okay through the Senate. Right. Nothing was going to change. So here we ha- I look at it this way. Okay, so that was all said and done and acquittal and all of this, and then we get to now, it's like, good, it's fresher, it's closer to the the election. So now it gives mm-hmm. us a chance to look at things again. So I appreciate it. Okay. I like that. And you know what, it's interesting because he does bring something to the table where he was saying he's not making it a Republican and a Democratic view, but just the information coming out. And, you know, and a lot of times we talk about trust and truth. A lot of times individuals are sworn to secrecy. A lot of times individuals know if if they say something, like you said, it could be a a panic, a pandemic. People may not want to hear it. In some cases, they may not even be ready for it. A lot of information individuals try to withhold. I know what me my grandmother used to tell me I got a big mouth. So... I try to make sure I'm not just blabbing, but there's some substance, and I say what I need to say when it needs to be said, not to just go mm-hmm. around poking holes and things and opening up Pandora's box. But there is, mm-hmm. it is very important to be trustworthy. What is your concept of being trustworthy? My process is that I speak the truth. I'm going to tell the truth even when it doesn't benefit me or even when it may be detrimental for me, that Mm -hmm. I speak the truth, that I'm open. Um, I will share. I share probably too much. I share very generously from the experiences that I've had and the things that I've been through and and how I think if I think it can benefit someone else. So I think that in my case, it's just based on being an open book. I'm, you know, I'm just an open book. I, you know, I have, I'm not hiding anything. Um, if somebody were to, to ask me about the most intimate of things in my life, and if I feel like it would it would help them through a, through something they're going through, I'm willing to share it. So I mm-hmm. just think the openness. I like that. And you know what? And even though you're willing to share, and we know that a lot of times individuals don't want to perceive it or they don't want to receive it, so we get that. And it's like the old saying goes, it's not like did nobody tell you. You can take mm-hmm. it and you can mm-hmm. do what you want to do with it. Now, there right. is a situation when we talk about how can one become more trustworthy. And we're not talking about just pure honesty. We're talking about trust. Because when you talk about right. honesty, that's a whole different kind of word when we talk about a person being mm-hmm. honest. Meaning you can be dishonest, but then we start talking about, but can I trust you? Why were you dishonest? Mm-hmm. Why did you fabricate it a little bit? Can I trust mm-hmm. you with my life? Can I trust you with my money? Can I even trust you with my future? Now, here are nine tips to help one become a trustworthy person. Somebody keep calling me, and I keep pressing the button. One of the things is keep your commitment in word and your deed. If you're singing and doing something, it got to match. Also, be honest, even when the outcome will not be in your favor. Tell the truth. That is powerful because a lot of times individuals struggle with that because they're afraid if it don't go in their favor or be turned out the way they want it to, they don't want people to know, they don't want people to look at them differently. But that's how you build character, too. Be Mm -hmm. transparent. Be on time with information. Keep confidence. And don't gossip. Apologize, be predictable. Now, when we when it talks about, and I wanna, I wanna speak on this a little bit. When we start talking about in regard to the apology, sometimes individuals find it hard to apologize when they're wrong. They'll cover up their wrong with another wrong. Any comments in regard to that? 
problem with an apology, I think that, well, I'm probably on the other end of the spectrum. I don't really appreciate apologies um, because I think that it's so easy for people to say something like, oh, sorry, and especially even with young kids. They'll say, sorry, you owe that kid an apology because you shouldn't have done so and so or you hurt their feelings. Sorry. That to me is, is zero. I mean, that's a negative, actually. But by the same token with adults, oh, mm-hmm. I'm sorry. And you haven't told me what you're sorry for. How do I even know what you're talking about? And if I've got a spoon feed you on how to give me an apology, I don't want it. I don't need it. But I feel that an apology is is something that you've been reflective about something that happened and you sincerely want to express that there was a misconception, a misstep, or, you know, that you're going to death about it and explain that it has bothered you because of so and so and so and you wanted to make sure that I understood whatever the situation was. But I think that they have to be genuine. I think they have to be infrequent. Nothing's mm-hmm. worse than a person who does exactly what they want to do and then apologize, but then mm-hmm. go ahead and do exactly what they want to do and apologize. That to me is just, you know, that's dishonest. That's being uh, untrustworthy. So I just feel like apologies have to be sparse because when you know a person, you know what things are, are right or wrong for them. And if you, for example, violate a confidence, if you violate a confidence, how can you apologize for that? You've already told something that they didn't want you to tell someone else. So your apology doesn't bring it back. So I think we have mm-hmm. to be we have to be genuine in our communication with each other. And yes, apologies can happen, but they need to be heartfelt and they need to be convincing and they need to be seldom that you cross a line where you need to apologize. If the relationship you know, or the friendship or whatever you say that because as a therapist, I often have to teach clients what that means. A lot of people don't know because they were taught, if I say I'm sorry, you're supposed mm-hmm. to believe me and it's supposed to be over. But they don't know what they're sorry for. So my response mm-hmm. as a therapist is, when people tell me they're sorry, I say, well, what did you do? Oh, I don't know. Well, why did you tell me you were sorry if you don't know what you did? So how can you be sorry for something you don't even know you did what you did? And I make them think, and they go back and be like, well, why did I say I was sorry? And then I say, I would say, well, when you tell the person you're sorry, the other person on the other end is supposed to believe that you know what you did, you know how it felt for them, and you're not going to do it again. So when you do it again, that takes away the I'm sorry because now they're confused because they know you're not sorry, that it was a Mm cop-out. It was a way to to try to mediate the situation to let it go. So a lot of times Mm -hmm. I will stop a person when they say I'm sorry. Now, I would say to them and teach them, because I've got to teach them, when you apologize by saying, if I've said something, if I've done something, to offend you or hurt you, I apologize as that was not my intention. And have them let you know what it is that you've done and how it felt. And you have to listen, not be defensive. Then on top of that, if you've done something and you know you did it to hurt them and you saw how it hurt them, then you can go back and apologize and say, I understand that the actions that I did was harsh, I apologize, I did not mean, or if I did mean it, to say you meant it. And I apologize for the impact that it may have had in your life. Then a person will then look at it from a different perspective in accepting your apology. But people may not always accept your apology, and if they don't, that's fine too, if you're being sincere. But the other person shouldn't have the power to now want to punish another individual if they are sincere, because that's kind of difficult to measure. But that is something that has to be taught. Individuals don't even understand the concept. So one, a sorry, meaning you should acknowledge what you're sorry for. If you don't know what you did, don't say you're sorry. Two, if it wasn't your intention, then you can apologize for what you've done and find out how it affected them. And the third one, 
if you intended to hurt them, and you did, and you later feel bad for what you've done and you want to apologize, admit what you've done, why you did it, how you did it, and then individuals will be more receptive. But don't keep doing it over and over and over again. Yeah, that's interesting. Based on that, what's your, what's your comment? <laughs> so many people, and, and the way I see this incident that I mentioned earlier about the Baton Rouge school board member, um, mm-hmm. the thing that a lot of people do is they will say, oh, I'm sorry, mm-hmm. and then something else comes up where they've done something. I'm sorry. So you get to a point where, you know, they think it's okay because they're not getting the backlash that they should get for repeated offenses. You can't keep, you can't be just walking around with apologies, throwing apologies out all day long because you're doing exactly what you want to do, and then you're expecting other people to just forgive it because you're saying, I'm sorry. Well, and and I, don't, I don't understand that. I, I, I think in that case of the, um, the, the position I was saying, the condition I was thinking about in Baton Rouge, I think that in that case where she said that she was sorry, that she was basically that she was being insensitive, She's only knowledgeable about that now because she's been scolded by other people or other people have made her aware of it. That's not sincere to me. She, I she, feel like I'm personally... She still no may not realize the damage that she does. She still right. may not get it. So I right. totally understand the position because, like I said, a lot of times individuals don't even understand. It's just like I give you a prime example with my grandson. My grandson did something while I was in Compton, and I don't even think he apologized for it. But my response was, I'm not coming to visit you next weekend because I'm not going to just let you treat me any kind of way. <laughs> even if he would have said, I apologize, I'm sorry, I know he wasn't. I knew he wasn't sorry. He just didn't want to mm-hmm. deal with the consequences of his behavior. Right. So to eliminate that, I'm keeping my butt at home next weekend. So, you know what? You can go mistreat somebody else because I'm not the one. So when we start talking about even um, leaders, and I'm looking at some information, and it's come from allprodance.com, and it talks about four traits of a trustworthy leader. Because we would want our leaders, our supervisors, like the individual you're talking about, a person that's of authority, we would want them to be trustworthy. Worthy, because to be trustworthy is a greater compliment than being loved. Because you don't want or you should not abuse your power. Now, are you trustworthy? Because being trustworthy is one of the qualities of a good leader. And there are traits someone needs to have in order to be trustworthy. And trustworthy traits are internal qualities that form the bedrock of our character. And it goes back to what you were talking about earlier who you are as a person. And regardless of the situation or circumstances, these traits are simply a part of who we are. Now, they identify four primary trustworthy traits. Competence. To succeed in any endeavor, we have to know what we are doing and why we're doing it. That doesn't mean that we have to have all the answers, but it does mean that we should have a a solid foundation of skills, ability, and knowledge. You know, that is one of the things where a lot of our leaders are failing us is they don't know what the heck they're doing, and they don't want to be taught, and they don't want to listen. Any comments in regards to competence? That is absolutely true. Absolutely true. It's a cover-up. You start lying and, and Running from people when you don't know what you're doing and you don't want to ask or find out. That's a major component there. I agree with that 100%. It is because if you don't know what you're doing, how can I trust you to perform heart surgery on me if you don't know how to perform, if you're not a doctor? I can't trust you with that. You know, I'm not going to go to the dentist to pull my tooth out and I know you work on feet. No. So, But the thing is, Part of that is we talk about competence, and some individuals don't want to know. They just want to go in because they want power. Now, we got a caller calling in. Hopefully, this individuals. Hi, this is Jeanette, number ended in 6-8. What do you want to add to the show? Even though I know we stuck on competence, but I'm going to read some more. What can you add to the show? 
Hey, Sister Jeanette, how you doing? This is Way Busy. How you doing? How you Hello, doing? Hello, how you doing? We're talking about I'm who doing can better. We... Who can we trust? Yes, that's the topic for today. Oh, well, that's and the we're thing. talking that's about the thing. some of the characteristics of a primary trustworthy, the traits of competence in regards to if a person, first of all, they must be competent in what they're doing. And even if they don't know, at least be willing to learn. At least let a person know, you know, I don't have the answer right now, but let me get back to you. Instead of just throwing something out there and not knowing what you're talking about, and now people don't know if they can trust you because they just figured out you don't know what the heck you're talking about. Well, that, 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 that brings it down when the rubber meets the road because each individual person, okay, being in the picture frame that's in God's heart, okay, if you see yourself in God's love, you see yourself in that picture frame, okay? And the only reason why you see yourself there is because of what Christ has done. So Christ is the one that's in the picture frame. But there's many people in that picture frame. So we're all an integral part of the family unit, you see? That's, that's and so each what does that have to do with competence? We're talking about competence. Let me show you. Let me show you something, though, because I'm trying to go somewhere because I take, I take the route that we're – if there's students, students are taking notes, and you don't want to go too fast. You don't want to go too slow because you're feeding people who are mature and people who are immature. You're feeding you know, both of them at the same time when you're speaking, so I'm probably going to have to tap out. You know what I'm saying? I'm tapping out. Go okay. ahead. You go, you go girl. Now, as leaders, one must be able to explain why one path is better. You know, a lot of times it shouldn't have to be so complicated, but we do have to know our audience. And a lot of times that comes with the competence. The other one is is integrity. Integrity speaks a lot because, especially with leaders who desire to add value to the lives of those that they lead. Leadership skills must be built on a proper foundation. If individuals in your organization can't rely on you, whether on big things or on small things, how are they going to follow you? And that's one of the things, caller, that we've seen a lot in regards to one's integrity. And you know that even in working at jobs. Why would you want to follow a person that has no integrity? That's how we started out with the conversation with the young lady when she was doing a press release. It's the integrity mm-hmm. of the individuals. Any well, comments? The, the thing is, is that you have to have that whole process to understand what's going on. And God's the only one that can teach a person the difference between what's right and wrong about what they're talking about. And so he would Got be the you, one but a lot of times we're busy. A lot of times, yeah, we should have the discernment. We should listen with the third no, no, ear. No, 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 no. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Hold on. The Holy Spirit is one that you have your being in. The Holy Spirit is inside you and through you and everything. So he's always active in your life because he's the one that's in training you. He's the one that's training you and growing you up to be the blessing that you are. Gotcha. No, okay. That's God. We, okay, that's let me, God's I'm going to stop you. I'm going to stop you right there because we only got six minutes, so we're not going to be going in depth and all of that, but I'm going I'm to go here with you. When I was listening to the TV, television today, there was things mm-hmm. that they indicated, uninformed, unwilling to learn, uneducated. Yeah. We got election right. coming. A lot of individuals don't I have know. the Holy Spirit in them. Some people don't even know what the Holy Spirit is and don't care to know what the Holy Spirit is. A lot of them do have it, and a lot of them don't have it. And I think the problem we're having is mostly with the ones who don't have God within them. So we have to address them as well. That's what I'm talking about. The ones that do, God is having a relationship with the ones that don't outside of ourselves. That was the whole thing I was trying to say is that if you got God in you, okay, he gives you the mind of Christ, which is the fullness of himself. So it would only make sense that this mind would have people outside of ourselves, their best interest in our thought process, because we have the ability, not in all cases, but in a lot of cases, we have the ability to sympathize because we've been in their shoes before, if not done worse than what they're doing. So this is God's work. I'm not claiming anything. I'm not claiming I have any 
uh, claim to fame, like I like I doing anything. I'm not even talking about way busy. I'm talking about what God's doing inside of me. That's what my lips are, why they're moving. And some people can go, oh, my goodness, that's beautiful. And other people go, again, they want to argue and nitpick. And I'm thinking, I don't want to waste my precious blessings, my, my, my irrevocable blessings on someone that's not going to listen. And God says, well, don't do it. Right. Don't do it. Now, now we, what you just said is, is interesting. When we start talking about the integrity. Because individuals look at the integrity of another individual. Now, that's not to just then we talk about security. Trustworthy leaders need to exhibit confidence, not a false bravado, but an innocence of security, the kind of confidence that doesn't need to be surrounded by either yes-mans or no uh-huh. people. Because a lot of times what happens is we talk about the security. A lot of times when we look at abuse of power, we see a false security. We see individuals, and I know, um, Zero Five, you can see that in principals and dictators. And, you know, they they put on this big old show, and th- there's a false security. And it's hard right. to, for individuals don't know if they can trust another person when they see that they lack the security of themselves. Any comments in regards to that? Um. Yes, that's exactly true, that we can see through that. And in relation to what the the other caller is saying too, other speaker rather, is that um, when we talk about a false sense of security, we also have to address the fact that some of us older people or those people who are with God, walking with God, that we present a false sense of security to those nonbelievers, but we still have to work with them. We have to work with them. So we have to establish routes for reaching them as well and not, not leaving them to whatever's out there in, in the wildness. We need to work with them as well. But, yes, false sense of security does create a lot of the problems, and we need to be able to discern and teach people how to discern who has, who does not have those, the people who do not have those characteristics that we need, the competence, the integrity, the security. False sense of security is destructive, so we just have to, be aware and be able to analyze and determine where to go. Mm-hmm. And then the last one they indicate is authenticity, meaning to be approachable and secure, to be trustworthy and loyal. You can't be a phony. Above all, leaders must be genuine. People know a fake when they see one. Some individuals, just because the person is quiet or just because the person don't say much, Sometimes they don't need to be out there screaming and hollering and doing all of that in order for them to be authentic. So that is also powerful when we talk about who can I trust. You know, a lot of times we label, we misjudge, we stereotype, and we need to stop that. We really do. And even in when we start talking about this, this, this show in regards to that, trust is a big factor. It is a very big factor because what we want is we need for someone to be honest with us, whether we can handle it or not. But don't mislead the people. That is a problem. And I know my voice is giving out for the past few months, but I want to ask you, Zero Five, anything else you want to share with the listeners? Because I know we only have a minute and a half left on the show. But anything else you want the listeners to know as we talk about who can we trust? Because we're not telling people who to trust. We don't trust God. That much we know. We're not right. telling individuals who will vote this way, vote that way. We're not trying to give people the answer because the answer should come from within. But you have to do something. Trust just. What else do you want the listeners to know as we talk about who can we trust? Just to use instinct uh, to listen to those things that you've gone over with us and, and keep those in mind as we determine who we should listen to because it's ve- these are very trying times and we need all the help we can get in figuring out things for ourselves. Mm-hmm. And thank you. No problem. And, you know, and it, when I, right before we end the show, I was thinking about my grandson. I sent him to, down the street to go to, like, the neighborhood daycare or to watch and play with the kids. That young man came back with a sign talking about, I don't have to listen to nobody but my mama. I was like, oh, my God. So his thing was, I don't trust you. I don't have to listen to you. You're not my mama. 
And even the other day, my daughter had on one house shoe. He said, Mommy, why you only got on one shoe? And I'm looking at him like, you better leave her alone before the other shoe wind up on your butt. And he was like, and I, and I said something. He repeated exactly what I said. But he was wondering, am I in trouble? Am I not in trouble? But sometimes our mouths get us in trouble, too. We don't have to go around telling everything we know. Trust our instincts. Trust God. But do something. So when we start going back to who can we trust, that's a good question. And I want you guys to think about it. Who can we trust? Now, tomorrow I'm going to talk about being encouraged. Because today we still need to encourage individuals. Because individuals are losing faith. They're losing hope. Many individuals are becoming despaired. People are losing family members. Individuals are losing their jobs, their businesses, their companies. It's a lot going on. So we have to stay encouraged by being encouraged and being encouraging to other individuals. So if you want to join us on the show tomorrow, Give us a call, 516-387-1914. And, again, I want to thank you for joining me today, and you have truly been a blessing. So you have a nice day, and for those listeners out there, enjoy the rest of your week. Bye-bye.